0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Levo. Simple, potent, at-home herbal infusions at the push of a button. Learn more at levooil.com and feed your enthusiasm. That's L-E-V-O-O-I-L dot com.
0: This week on Meat and 3, we dive into the science behind munchies, the history of coca, the therapeutic powers of psychedelics, and mushroom-infused recipes.
2: One of the biggest questions we get asked a lot is, does heat degrade psilocybin?
0: The coca leaf was used as a sacred plant, so as a plant that could communicate human beings with gods or mother nature.
1: What you can start to appreciate here is that cannabis is activating and hijacking the system throughout the body.
0: Tune in to Meat and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum, and I love to talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. If you're just tuning in for the first time, all the previous episodes can be found in the archives at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm thankful for listeners like you, and I'd love it if you'd leave me a review wherever you find this podcast. For those of you with kids at home, I've been working on a new podcast here at Heritage Radio Network. Along with my co-host, Hannah Forden, the program manager at HRN, we've created Time for Lunch, a fun food-focused show for kids. In lieu of a new Feast Your Ears this week, I'd like to present our latest episode of Time for Lunch all about Thanksgiving. It's the first episode in our third season. I'm thankful to work with such a great team over at Time for Lunch, and this episode is pretty great if I do say so myself. I hope you enjoy it. I'd also like to remind listeners that Heritage Radio is a non-profit, and we need your help to stay on the air. If you enjoy this show and listen to other great podcasts we produce every week, Please find your way to heritageradionetwork.org donate to make your gift and become a member today.
3: It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden.
1: And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Are you ready?
3: What shape are you? I'm a holiday. Oh, well, I guess you don't really have a shape. I love holidays. Okay, let's see. Are you a spring? summer, fall, or winter holiday.
1: For the purposes of this episode, I'm a fall holiday. But as we'll learn more about later, I can be celebrated at other times as well.
3: Okay, this one is pretty easy. But tell me, do you involve people eating together? Usually a big, yummy meal?
1: Yes, I do. And families often have specific dishes that they might make only for this holiday and look forward to all year long.
3: And what's one of your favorite dishes for this holiday? On the heels of our last episode at the end of
1: season two, I have to say pumpkin pie.
3: Mmm. Okay, listeners, I bet you've figured out by now that we're talking about Thanksgiving. Here in the United States... We celebrate this holiday on the last Thursday of November, and there are lots of dishes that go along with it. Sweet potatoes, green beans, pie, cranberry sauce, gravy,
1: and of course, turkey. Holidays are such a great time when families can come together and eat and celebrate. Our Thanksgiving as we know it today is a take on one of the many traditional Thanksgiving celebrations that the indigenous people of the northeastern United States celebrated long before the European settlers arrived. There's a narrative that I think we're all pretty familiar with that's not exactly what happened.
3: As holidays change and they become a part of our culture, it's important to recognize what they represent today as well as where they came from. We can give thanks for what we have now and also recognize and give thanks for the real origins of the celebration. So Harry, I was raised vegetarian. So turkey only became a part of my Thanksgiving tradition when I was a teenager. We didn't eat meat. As a kid, we would have stuffing with chestnuts, squash, vegetarian gravy and mashed potatoes, pie, and all the other good stuff. Just no turkey. How about you?
1: I mean, that sounds super delicious. We used to have turkey at Thanksgiving, and one year, when I was a little kid, like maybe two or three years old, I had a really rough time.
3: Oh no! What happened, little Harry?
1: Well, when my dad opened the oven to take out the turkey, I started crying. Do you not like turkey? No, I do like turkey. But we had a dog named Max, and he and I were best buddies, and my dad used to call him Turkey. Not sure why. So when he opened the oven and the turkey was the same brown color as my friend Max, and they said the turkey is ready, I thought they'd cook the dog. Oh, no. Oh, poor little Harry. It all turned out okay. They went and they found Max, who was playing outside, to show me that they hadn't cooked my best friend for dinner, and we all sat down and had turkey for Thanksgiving.
2: from Portland.
1: Hey mom, how many cranberries grow on a bush? How many?
3: All of them (laughs) Hey mom, what do you wear to Thanksgiving dinner? What? A harvest (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Why did the turkey cross the road? Why? Because it was Thanksgiving and he wanted
4: people to think he was a chicken.
3: Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is hidden somewhere in the episode, so listen carefully.
1: What year was Thanksgiving made a national holiday here in the United States? Keep an ear out for the answer. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, we were taught a history that didn't really line up with true events. The perspective of Native Americans in New England, where European settlers first arrived, was ignored. I decided to talk to one of my neighbors here in Rhode Island to get a better understanding of the food traditions of the people who originally inhabited this country we call
4: home. Hello, everyone. I'm Lorenz Spears, I'm the Executive Director of Tamaquag Museum. I, my traditional name is Makasini Peshaw, and I am Narragansett Niantic. Welcome to the homelands of the Narragansett people, and welcome to the homelands of all Indigenous nations across what we now call the United States.
1: Indigenous means the first people of a certain place. Many of us celebrating Thanksgiving today in the United States don't have a connection to the first people who were on this land.
3: There are stories we might hear in school about the so-called first Thanksgiving. We now know that the people of this land were holding Thanksgiving celebrations for thousands of years before European settlers arrived.
4: Traditionally, indigenous peoples across this continent celebrated Thanksgiving, but depending on the location and where your nation was, would depend on the name and type of Thanksgiving. So as we're thinking about the quote-unquote first Thanksgiving with Patuxet or Wampanoag people, today there are several groups that all connect to our historic leaders of that time period that are under the umbrella of the Wampanoag today. And those people are relatives, if you will, of my own people, the Narragansett. And we live in eastern woodland coastal environments. And so our Thanksgivings are similar because of our ecosystem being similar. And so we have Thanksgivings such as, you know, the ice fishing moon and the maple sugar Thanksgiving and the corn planting moon and the spring fishing for herring and salmon. There's the strawberry Thanksgiving. There's the green bean Thanksgiving that goes along with the the first harvest of your garden, the corn, bean, and squash. There's the green corn Thanksgiving. There's the cranberry Thanksgiving. There's the hunter's moon and Thanksgiving.
1: Wow, so many Thanksgivings. It makes sense to me. I love the idea of more celebrations, especially about the food and the land, I think we can all use more connection to our land, and why not celebrate the good things in life more often?
4: You know, Americans, they caught on to the harvest Thanksgiving. Um, That's the overall harvest. They actually do it at the wrong time of the year. We do it even today in the beginning of October, you know, kind of after you've just completed the last of your harvest, just as the first frosts are coming, and your, your garden is completely harvested. And, and, and so we do that overall harvest Thanksgiving then. And that's what the American Thanksgiving is based off of, the overall harvest Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, in essence, is a ceremony where you come together as your family, friends, community, and you have the ceremony to give thanks for that harvest and the gifts of the land and the sea and the blessings from the Creator. And Celebrate that with a feast and then with fun. Today, we might play football or play Monopoly or hang out with our family and listen to music. And historically, we did similar things as well. We would play games and socialize and have music and dance. And some of those music and dance is part of the ceremony, and some of the music and dance is for the fun.
1: Hannah, do you have anything specific to your family that you do on Thanksgiving? In my family, we always listen to the Arlo Guthrie song, Alice's Restaurant. This is a sort of a weird tradition that started in New York City on the freeform radio station WBAI back in the 1970s.
3: That's so funny. My mom and I listened to Alice's Restaurant, too. We would listen to it while we drove to see family or while we're cooking. It's a really fun background story to keep you entertained. Highly recommend it. So... How did
1: we get to this idea about the so-called First Thanksgiving with the Wampanoag and the Pilgrims who had just arrived here?
4: So this First Thanksgiving is, is that mythology in which the, the Pilgrims and the Native people come together in this fictional dinner of, of camaraderie and friendship. In reality, Indigenous people, the Wampanoag people, um, helped the Pilgrims survive. Without them, they wouldn't have even made it. Um, And then they they taught them the, the ways of the land and how to harvest and hunt and fish and gather the crops and edibles that were here in this land so that they understood how to survive themselves.
1: The history of this country is not always happy or fair. The folks who lived on this land before it was called America were often treated unkindly by the Europeans who came later. Their traditions and history deserve our respect and attention
4: the Mashpee Wampanoag and other indigenous communities that were meeting the quote-unquote pilgrims are still struggling to protect their sovereignty and to protect their way of life and their communities and their cultural knowledge and to continue their persistence and perseverance to claim the right as a, as a Wampanoag person, as a first person of this place, as a uh, indigenous person. As our all of our tribal nations fighting for that sovereignty. And I'll use sovereignty in, in the broadest of terms, political, economic, cultural, food. Food is really, really important because food is part of culture. Um, the harvesting and the gathering and the growing and, of agriculture and the hunting and the fishing.
3: When we talk about sovereignty, which might be a new word to our listeners... We mean the right to control your own life and the choices you make. This includes everything from your legal rights to where you get your food from.
4: Those are all rights that as Indigenous people we should fully have. But we have to continue to fight for that food sovereignty to have the rights to have and harvest the traditional foods of our people.
3: Well, Harry, it's so great to hear from someone like Loren about the Indigenous people who lived on this land long before... Some of my ancestors came here and to continue their traditions to this day. I can't wait to check out the Tomaquag Museum in person and their online activities at tomaquagmuseum.org.
1: I think it's so important to recognize that a lot of the history we think we know is often written only by one side. We have a lot to learn, especially from the native people of any land, and we should respect their culture as we incorporate it into our own. Thanksgiving holidays, especially related to harvest, exist all over the world, and we as humans all love a good meal with family and friends.
3: I agree with that. On that note, let's do a Thanksgiving dance.
1: This episode is brought to you by Levo, the world's most intelligent at-home infuser. It's super easy to use to make infusions for cooking, candies, cosmetics, and herbal medicines. When the box showed up, I was excited to try it out as I've heard good things about the machine. It looks like a space-age coffee maker on the counter, and having it out makes me want to infuse everything. I've got plans for the hot peppers on my counter and the sage I picked from the garden before the first freeze last week, along with some other choice herbs and spices. I think everyone on my list is going to get infused oils this year. So far, I've used it for cannabis, basil, and orange peel infused oils and butter. The machine even has dry and activate functions for the highest potency and stability in your infusions. And you can connect through Wi-Fi to track your progress and record your recipes and share with the Levo community. Learn more at levooil.com. That's l-e-v-o-o-i-l.com.
3: Abraham Lincoln made Thanksgiving a national holiday in 1863. He only made it a holiday after the woman who wrote Mary Had a Little Lamb, Sarah Josepha Hale, petitioned for 17 years. That's commitment.
1: It sure is. Thanksgiving is also a national holiday in Canada, but on a different day.
3: Jingle Bells was originally written as a Thanksgiving song. It became so popular that people started singing it for Christmas, too.
1: I've been already hearing a lot of Christmas songs. Turkey gets its name from the country. Well, sort of. During the Ottoman Empire, the guinea fowl, a bird that looks like a turkey, was exported from East Africa through Turkey to Europe. People began calling them turkey cocks and turkey hens. When Europeans first settled in North America and saw a similar-looking bird, they mistakenly called it a turkey.
3: And Benjamin Franklin thought that the turkey should be the national symbol of the United States, not the bald eagle. We're going to take a quick break and be right back with more about Thanksgiving.
2: All of us at HRN have been keeping busy despite working and recording from home. This fall, we're proud to announce new shows on the network that each bring important and enlightening stories to listeners around the world. While the world is in turmoil and the future of our country is uncertain, there are certain constants that help keep us going. For us, food and storytelling are essential while we can't come together in person food podcasts from hrn can provide a virtual table we can all gather around bringing exceptional stories to your ears and keeping you informed on the ever-changing political and environmental issues of our time is integral to our mission at a time when the world around us is rapidly changing hrn is committed to being here for our listening community and we need you to be here for us. Join our table and help ensure the future of food radio by becoming a member of HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to make a contribution. Check out the latest additions to our lineup while you're there. You can see all of our series at heritageradionetwork.org newshows new shows.
3: Welcome back to Time for Lunch. Hey, Harry. Do you have a special dish that you always look forward to on Thanksgiving?
1: I have to say that I always look forward to turkey. And I always find myself thinking, why don't I eat turkey more often during the year? Maybe because it's not often that I have 14 people over for dinner, especially now with the coronavirus pandemic still growing. But we're going to have turkey this year, even though it's just our small family.
3: This is a special year where we might not get to celebrate with our extended families or gather in large groups for Thanksgiving like we have done in the past. But we can always remember the Indigenous people and celebrate more Thanksgivings for all sorts of things throughout the year.
1: And now my recipe for stuffed squash. Take the squash of your choice, butternut, acorn, or any squash will do. Slice it in half and remove the seeds. Roast the squash, cut faces down in a pan in a 350 degree oven for about 15 minutes until medium soft. You don't want the squash to get squishy. While the squash is roasting, take one pound of ground meat, can be beef or pork, or if you're making this for Thanksgiving, you might want to use ground turkey, and cook it until it's cooked through and crumbly. Remove the meat from the pan, and in the leftover juices and fat, saute one medium onion that you've sliced thin or chopped small. After two minutes or so, add in two cloves of garlic that have been minced, and about the same amount of minced ginger. To that, add one carrot, chopped fine, and saute it all together for a few minutes. Put the meat back in, add salt and pepper to taste, and mix it all together. When the squash is ready, take the squash from the oven and turn it over, spoon the meat and vegetable mixture into the hollow part of the squash, and return the whole thing to the oven until the squash is cooked through, maybe 10 to 15 more minutes. When a small knife or skewer easily punctures the squash, then it's ready to serve. Take it out of the oven, let it cool a little bit, and serve it with Greek yogurt. I made this dish a few weeks ago, and my daughter Moxie thought that it would make a good Thanksgiving dish for a smaller gathering. Since we're having smaller Thanksgivings this year, it might be fun to try out a new recipe. Enjoy!
3: At the beginning of the episode, we asked,
1: What year was Thanksgiving
3: made a national holiday here in the United States? And the answer is Abraham Lincoln made Thanksgiving a national holiday in 1863. So at the end of the show, we have been highlighting something that we are thankful for or that made us happy, and it's especially fitting for the Thanksgiving season. Harry, is there something that you're thankful for this year?
1: I'm thankful for time for lunch. And the fact that we have the technology to produce this show, even though we live in different states. Just a few short years ago, this would not have been possible. And I think being able to make this content and connect with listeners and each other has been one of the best things to come out of 2020.
3: Oh, I love that. Yes, I am so grateful to our listeners who tune in from all over the world. It's amazing to look at the map of where all of you are tuning in from It makes me really happy to have the opportunity to connect with you. And one thing I would recommend that for all of our listeners here in the United States is it's really easy to look up what Native American tribes lived where you live now. You can Google it and learn a little bit about their history and their traditions around food. Maybe for Thanksgiving this year, you can have a dish that is specific to the Native Americans in your area. It's always good to learn more about the history of the place you live in.
1: Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch. We'll be back next week with more tasty stories. We listen to a lot of other podcasts, and you should check out At Your Level, a cool podcast by kids for kids, hosted by Ari Kelly, who's 10 years old. This show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden with engineering by Liam Warner. Emily Kunkel is our associate producer. Music in this episode was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The dance break was Turkey in the Straw by Shake That Little Foot, and our Fun Facts theme was created by our very own Liam Warner. Special thanks this week to Lorenz Spears of the Tomaclog Museum, and thank you to Hank from Portland for the jokes. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Time for Lunch is also part of Kids Listen, the number one app for finding great podcasts for kids of all ages. You can learn more at kidslisten.org, and you can download the app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast.
3: And remember to please stay in touch, whether you have a joke you'd like to share with us or if you just want to tell us what you had for lunch. We absolutely love to hear from our listeners. Send us your recipes, poems, book or podcast recommendations, or anything else you think we'd like. It's super easy to record yourself using the Voice Memo app on an iPhone. Ask a grown-up to help you. Email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to include your name, age, and your address so we can send you something in return. Time for Lunch is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. Thanks for listening and Happy Thanksgiving!
1: Thanks for listening to Feast Your Ears today. After almost 200 episodes of Feast Your Ears, it's been really fun to get to work on Time for Lunch with a crew of other people because I'm pretty much the only one that does Feast Your Ears. You can follow Time for Lunch on Instagram at Time for Podcast. And please, if you have kids at home who like the show, send us some voice memos. We love to get jokes, recipes, and anything else that the kids and you would like to send us. Please reach out if you have any questions. You can find me on email, harry at thebrooklynkitchen.com, and you can follow my personal Instagram, at TheFoodBaller. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Feast Your Ears is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter and to your email at the bottom of our website. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.